Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to the Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast. I'm Alex Whiteley and we're coming to you from the amazing Old Market Hall um, coffee shop. We're in a very cramped corner um, and we have a very small table full of wires, <laughs> not enough room for the drinks. Uh, so this is going to be awkward, but we're going to do it anyway. Today, I'm joined with Joe, Lucy, Swan and Abby. <laughs> oh my God. And today we're going to be spe- speaking um, about the charity Signal. And um, I want to talk a bit about etiquette when it comes to speaking to and, and, and living around deaf people. Things you shouldn't do, things you should do. Because I think it makes things a bit easier for people, right? Fantastic, yeah. 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 So f- thank you very much for, for joining us. Um, so let's start about Signal. Okay. Yeah, let's talk about Signal. Um, what is Signal? So Signal is a local charity that supports people who are deaf, um, have hearing loss or have tinnitus. Um, So we've got a range of support services, mainly in the Shropshire area, um, but we also have some international services as well. And that ranges everything from support groups to -to one-to-one services to um, community groups for people to engage in different activities. Okay, that sounds very positive. And uh, it says, I read your website, it says you started in uh, 2013. Uh, Were you there from the beginning when you first started? so I'm quite new, um, I, I think around the table Joe is, is probably our uh, longest serving Signal patron. Um, I joined in January 2020. And I joined a few weeks after so we're still quite new to the team really. Yeah. So Joe is so experienced staff member. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, 2013, so um, Signal actually used to be two different charities who came together. Okay. Um, so hence the, it, it sounds a bit funny when you maybe read, um, so we're based in Shropshire in the UK, but we also work internationally, but that's how it came together because of the uh, the combination of those two foundations. Okay, so when we speak about internationally, is that around Europe, around the world, or how far reaches? So it's in Sub-Saharan Africa. Oh! So Shropshire, Sub-Saharan Africa, bit of a leap there. But um, it, it might sound quite random, but actually what we do in both countries, maybe in different ways, is a very similar thing. Yeah. So. Um, in um, Africa, one of our big focuses is on education, really, because um, a lot of people, and particularly children, who are deaf over there, um, as you can imagine, they face quite a lot of challenges, um, of a lot of conceptions. We have some of these still in the UK as well, really, but over there um, we do a lot of community work, um, a lot of volunteer work as well to help those kids um, through education. And I think the exciting thing about that is it's partner-led as well, so we work with um, a lot of strong community groups in those countries to enable the work that we do which is really nice so is it like uh, like throwing a stone in a lake you know sort of ripple effect so like you work in one place they learn from you and maybe you have a positive influence on other people um, i think well i think we work together to be honest on on what we do we work strongly with those partners um you know working working with their skills sharing um a little bit of the kind of things we do over here so it's a bit of a sharing of best practice to enable some of the outreach projects and if um, if our international team were heard here (laughs) they would be quite keen on telling you that what we don't do is we don't go over there and go into a community and teach them what to do. We rather sort of work with the families there, with the teachers, um, with the communities, um, the chief leaders who, who govern the bylaws to make sure that all this is sustained. Mm-hmm. As you can imagine, like a lot of charities, we're, we're funded. So once that funding comes to an end, we don't want our projects and our work to end. We want all this to have a very long impact. So it's quite important for us that we don't just go over there or send someone over there, do our work and then disappear. It's all... But when, when something's symbiotic, you don't just kick, kick, 
kick the table down. Um, <laughs> and be like, we're here now. We're, this is what we're going to do. It's nice that you understand each other. Uh, that's what uh, communication is all about. Um, now, communication is, is one of the main reasons we're here. Now, Joe, um, what are the faces, the, the challenges um, for you daily when it comes to um, getting around you day to day? Well, at the moment, really, we have some issues mainly with communication. Um, I, it's difficult lip reading. If I don't, if someone doesn't, you know, articulate themselves clearly and um, pronounce their words, especially during lockdown, it's even worse with masks uh, being around. I mean, how on earth can you be expected to lip read if someone's wearing a mask? Bear with us just one second. We've got a nice iced coffee coming on. Nice, mm, nice. Thank you good. very much from the manager. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. Um, so, I mean, if we go to the shops or we, we do anything or we go to a doctor's appointment, for example, anything in general, masks, you know, create such a massive barrier and how can you lip read? So we have to ask, please, can you just remove your mask so we can lip read? Sometimes people are very compliant with that and they'll take it down uh, at distance and stand back. You know, it, it's safe at a distance. We can remove masks have a bit of conversation and then pop the mask up. But some people will refuse, they're quite hesitant, they're frightened, scared of, you know, contracting the virus or, or whatnot. I mean, how else can we do it? So we've got leaflets that will help as a how-to guide for communication, uh, how to remove your masks at a distance safely, right back and forth between one another. But at the moment, it is a very big problem, especially with the pandemic. Yeah, I'm glad we're having sorry. this. Oh, no. No, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> sorry interpreter delay. Uh, so also, one of our colleagues uh, named Kat uh, is going to different businesses, approaching them with the slogan of help communication be clear. So really, it's just to try and raise awareness for people, just to say, look, please be understanding. If you meet a deaf person or approach a deaf person who might gesture that they are deaf or they need your mask to come down, if you just, you know, do that it can be a massive help this is amazing this is the most I, I love this so much so, so Joe is signing and Abby is translating and I love this so much um, because I feel like I'm learning a lot I mean before I did this interview I went and reached out and got some advice on how to do this interview without making myself look like I'm, I'm being ignorant because this is difficult for a lot of people but I feel like the more you guys work together and the more noise you make uh, uh, it's going to help people, right? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, also, Signal is also promoting deaf awareness training as well. So, if there are people out there that think, do you know what, if I met a deaf person, I, have, I wouldn't have a clue what to do, there, there's Signal that can be there to help that. And I mean, there's, there's situations where people just feel scared, and Signal could be there just to teach that basic deaf awareness. You'd learn and have the confidence to actually approach a deaf person and know what to do in that situation. So, next time you're in a shop and you saw a deaf person, you can think back to your training that you had from Signal, pop your mask down, take a step back and have that conversation a little bit more easily, whether you're just doing gestures, whether you're doing writing back and forth, but all I can say is don't, if a deaf person approaches you, just try, don't think, oh, can't do this and walk off. Just try anyway, you can work together. 
we, we all, all, all deaf people hate the feeling of just being almost binned off in a way. You can't try and communicate with me. Oh, that's it. We're all human at the end of the day. Our ears may be broken and we might need to communicate in a different way, but we're all human. So just make it all feel inclusive if you can. And you can do that via some deaf awareness training from Signal. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, oh, I love this. I love this. Um, it's, um, it's great that you guys are about chat uh, as in signal um, what are the memorable sort of moments when you when you like reach out to someone and someone first approaches you and you start working with them what are the telltale signs that you're actually doing good does that make sense yeah, I mean. um, yeah if you don't mind I'll leap in with, yeah? with a quick one for this so um, I support the work that we do with tinnitus now yeah. tinnitus is a bit misunderstood when you say to people what do you know of tinnitus they say oh it's a ringing in the ear um, but actually it affects one in eight people and out of those one in eight, one in three people have it either chronically or consistently um, in a much more severe way. And the sounds can range everything from sort of helicopter noises to bird type chirps to water running. And obviously, as you can imagine, that's really distressing and frustrating when you first experience it. Um, you know, we have people who wake up in the middle of the night and they're experiencing it for the first time. Um, and, you know, they say, oh, I wondered if I was going mad or, you know, I wonder what was going on. Um, so when people learn about tinnitus and are able to reach out to us, um, we can offer one-to-one -one services and support groups. Um, so in the one-to-one -one service, I think a real tipping point for me since I've joined the organisation has been seeing someone come to me in a state of you know, real anxiety over whether it's going to get better, um, a real state of fear about what's happening to them and what's going on. And I think being able to offer that reassurance and then going on to the support groups where we can offer peer-to-peer -peer reassurance where there are people who've had it for sort of 15 years or so and I'm you know I'm doing a really so good, good community about fantastic sense yeah. of community yeah and I think having that um, I've seen one person one person joined us in February um, and by sort of May time was at a point where it was well managed after feeling that that was never going to change for must them. be really liberating it, yes no you can you can only imagine the kind of difference that that would make if you go from your silence and your kind of sleep time being so uncomfortable and so disturbed to actually having the experience where that's almost a background sound you're not you're not too aware of it and you're actually able to get back on with your day-to-day -day living um, and I think you know unfortunately as a result of the pandemic the experience has been significantly heightened um, and cases have increased so people who've been hospitalized with COVID are really commonly seeing that they're developing tinnitus as a result as a result of some of the brain changes okay. um, so I guess the support is now you know, more vital than ever um, to be able to offer people that reassurance, that support and that opportunity for their own liberation. Amazing. Um, and let's talk about the pandemic because the world changed, right? Nobody could go out. Um, there were no shops to go into for a short while there. Everything went virtual. Joe, how was that for you? Okay, really. A, a little bit stuck at home, uh, but if you can imagine, for a deaf person who's stuck at home, supposing something was to happen, so the your, your water stopped or a pipe a, a, a pipe burst, how a deaf person can actually get assistance for that? It's not like they could just pick up the phone, make a quick call. You can't. So how can you ask for help? I mean, you, texting services are restricted, you can't go out, 
So how is that person able to ask for that assistance? That's been a big problem. Communication is just the number one thing. Masks, again, such difficult issues have come from having the masks. For example, the vaccinations. The first time I went, they took their masks down. I understood I could lip read, but the second time they were very hesitant to remove their mask. I kept saying, look, I don't understand. And there are important questions that I need to know. They ask your name, your, your date of birth, what you're here for, details, allergies, etc. And refusing to move your mask down. I mean, how are other people, other deaf people, managing with that? I mean, it is a big problem. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, everything went virtual as well. Um, Zoom work for you? Is there a bit of problem sometimes with the lag? Signing down Zoom? Um, Skype? <laughs> so, we as a team use Zoom. Uh, so sometimes, if you can imagine, there's five or six people on Zoom, everyone's on their own little tile, it's included with, it, with the interpreter there as well, which is brilliant. But try and imagine lip reading all the time, watching the interpreter, you can imagine how tiring that is, it's exhausting, and at the end of it, you know, I, I can't make notes while listening, I have to watch, I have to see what's happening, it's tiring, sometimes an hour meeting, a two hour meeting, I'm absolutely exhausted at the end of it, it's lovely to see people, but it is knackering, and as well, also knowing who's speaking on the Zoom meeting is so difficult, trying to work out who's on the tiles. What about you Abby, as an interpreter, is that hard for you? <laughs> <laughs> have you been have you been in that situation where you've had to interpret for three or four people on a on a chat? I mean, day to day, I interpret for a lot of different people. Yeah. Um, I've done a meeting with nine hundred and sixty-eight people as my max so far. Um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> very big meeting. But you just you just carry on. It's just the additional things, like for Joe. Deaf people don't always know who's talking and when they're talking, so interpreters need to try and remember to help. The, to facilitate the communication, so for example, Swan's talking, I would say, oh, Swan, or now it's Lucy, or now it's Cat. I try and name the person so Joe can, right, okay, moving on. Or if the topic changes, trying to make sure that's obvious, topic has now changed, moving on. Because hearing people, we're all guilty of it, we will just change topic. Whereas a deaf person needs to be aware, right, okay, what are we talking about now? Oh, we've moved. So being aware of that and making sure that's clear. And to be honest, that's something that even we at Signal as a team have to remind ourselves constantly yeah. about. Um, it's not that we say, well, we are a charity that deal with deaf people and we just have it like that. We have to constantly sort of be reminded as well. It's like, make it clear if you change a topic. Slow one person down. at a time. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I suppose you were, ta you were talking about um, Zoom calls, etc. I think an interesting thing there as well is that um, since we went online a lot with our services, this had um, a bit of a positive outcome as well because, as was said, we're sort of fairly Shropshire-based here. Um, but as, um, as Lucy can probably say, that meant sort of moving our services online a bit more. We had people joining from well, all over the world. Really, yes. Yeah, we? we've had South America um, attack recently from Pakistan. So we've had people from all over the place who maybe can't access support where they are. And um, that's really nice to be able to offer those that, that outreach because we've moved virtual. Yeah. And that's where I was kind of heading with this, with the COVID thing was, I bet you guys were inundated with people. Because I mean, I've, I've spoken to charities, um, or on Shropshire and um, what they found was because there were so many people online and so many people had access to things online they got inundated with extra services and extra people to help was that so that was the same for you guys yeah 
Um, yeah, I think it was it was quite similar for me. Um, I think particularly in lockdown, since we've come out of lockdown, it's a bit better. But obviously, working with tinnitus in a lockdown situation, you're in silence a lot more. You're in an environment where you're noticing that experience. So, yeah, I think there's there's certainly been an increase um, on our front. I don't know, Joe, um, if you've had that experience as well. What for? Um, just just with the community that you support. It's Has it grown been, because of lockdown? It's whether more people have been sort of. I don't. I don't think it's really. It's really grown. I mean, before we usually have lunch groups, coffee mornings. Obviously, all of that got put on hold. Uh, Signal's always been there for support if, if a deaf person or someone needed support, but luckily they can book online shopping. Uh, we've got this interpreting agency, the service, who have got text services to book interpreters. So really, it's been okay, but I mean the main concern has been mental health. People being stuck at home, within the same four walls, uh, not being able to sit with their, the members of their community, it's just not, it's not impacted the mental health and that, that's been a big problem. Yeah, of What I could say from um, my volunteer hat on, <laughs> um, we've um, started recruiting for quite a lot of volunteer roles within the last sort of four months and um, we made a lot of those roles available for people to uh, working from home and um, I think I've recruited more volunteers working from home who have tinnitus or hearing loss or are deaf on one ear than actually based in Shropshire. So that has been a completely new aspect for us because we always sort of saw ourselves as working in Shropshire or Sub-Saharan Africa. So that has sort of changed for us massively. Which is I mean, we've, I've, Shropshire is a very special place because there seems to be something in the water because something may start here. I mean, this is conjoined with two different countries. But Pegs with uh, Michelle John, that was an idea that started in Shropshire and now it's gone nationwide. Um, the the uh, Shrewsbury Food Hub, a lot of their ideas have gone nationwide. With you guys, you're helping people now that are coming to you from all around the country. So, I mean, uh, amazing. Yeah, it's a lovely thing. <laughs> it really is a nice thing. Um, now, we're talking, so there's a tagline on your website that says, Breaking down the barriers of inclusivity. Can we, can we talk about that? Because what, 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 do, what do people need to learn? I think it's really important that we, we talk about these communications that we're, especially when it comes to businesses, what do businesses need to learn and are you being taken seriously? Yeah, I think um, at the moment um, we've got this um, campaign running which is called Make Communications Clear. Yeah. So um, the idea is that, um, as Lucy was saying earlier, a lot of um, retail places, restaurants, public services are opening again and um, a lot of people will become aware of a hearing loss during the pandemic because they subconsciously might have been relying on, on lip reading yes. and this will have become clear now. So what Signal does is we go to those places and say like, how can we help you um, make communication better with people with hearing loss? So um, what we can do is people can go to our website, um, signal.org.uk, go under the COVID bit and order an information pack so that would include um, a poster telling you about how to make communications clear. So things like, lower your mask if you um, talk to somebody with hearing loss. It's actually government advice that you should do that from a safe distance. So don't be afraid of that. Um, and um, yeah, make sure that if you, have, um, if you can, you can wear a transparent mask. They are available before you speak to somebody, get their attention. 
um, speak at your usual speeds. Um, you can use a, um, a speech-to-text app. Um, you might have a hearing loop system, so just make sure that is up and running as well. Um, if you can, move to a space where there isn't uh, so much background noise. Or try to rephrase what you're saying if you sort of need to have another go. Um, what you can order as well is like a poster which says we are deaf aware so that if you have people coming who have, have hearing loss or are deaf they know actually if I go into this shop people will communicate with me they will understand what I am about um, and um, we can order like a whole host of wonderful badges as well which say I lip read so these can be worn either by um, shopkeepers or actually by um, by people who do that so um, it's all free go to our website get a pack it really nice. helps everyone and what, what was the res- what's the response been like around Shrewsbury? We've only just started that, so I think press releases have gone out today, really. Yes. But we had some orders in. So um, we're doing a little bit of go to everyone, sort of door to door, but... A bit of plan of world domination. We're going to get out. We're gonna <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> doorstep to doorstep. Yeah. We realise it's a difficult time, obviously, particularly for retailers, for, for cafes, because, you know, everyone has a lot on their mind. We're just about, you know, to reopen everything, really. So it was, it's really important for us that this service is really easy. And as I said, it's free. Just go online, order it. It'll be there in a few days. Yeah. The way I see it is, uh, the more inclusive a business is, the more money they stand to make in. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? So it's actually an investment to, 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 to work with this. Yeah, yeah you know? definitely. I mean, Shrewsbury is an amazing community. There's, there's so many heartfelt things that go on. Um, and I think increasing inclusion in that circumstance can only be a benefit to everybody. Yeah, yeah. And um, also saying that um, the um, deaf community in, um, in, in Shropshire is quite a close-knit one. So if people have good experiences, what will spread. So there is, a, there is benefit in this. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. Um, what, what, are you, what are you looking forward to when everything opens again? What's your favourite thing to do when you're not working? Well, I'm going to have a baby. You're going to have a baby. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> I probably wouldn't enjoy the exact moment, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, days out of the beach are great when they're not so so uh, so busy. Uh, the beaches have been crazy, nice walks, things like that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the world being open again. It's been a, a huge challenge for a lot of people, a lot of businesses, like we were just saying, being closed. But we've had a moment to pause, haven't we? You know, yeah. that, that last year, last year was just a moment to like stop and think about how we can do things differently. Um, do you feel like that was that was an important um, period for Signal? Absolutely, and I think, and as we said, Lucy and I we only sort of joined the organisation recently, but um, Joe can probably confirm there's been some huge changes because of all the changes we had during COVID. Mm. So that's similar to a lot of other businesses, but. Um, we realised how all those changes going online, being able to do some things, not being able to do other things, have impacted our deaf, hard of hearing and tinnitus communities as well, really. So, um, I mean, we've all been working from home. We only recently started going into our offices, yeah. sort of. But um, as most people, it's probably fair enough to say we, we do enjoy seeing each other as well, talking to each other face to face. I think it makes you aware of that. that that bit more of the importance of having that face-to-face contact mm. certainly in some communities but I think you know thankfully on the flip side it has opened up some opportunities as well like um, you know being able to access people who are maybe a bit further afield um, or you know getting speakers or, pe- or people involved who wouldn't necessarily be able to travel um, but who can join us virtually to, to give advice information support that kind of stuff so um, you know it's, it's been a tough year but um, you know 
that there are some positives that come out of it as well um, and it is lovely to be able to start looking to the future now and thinking um, about those return to face-to-face support um, and face-to-face activities so face-to-face is great that's why I'm doing this today the hustle and bustle of the old market hall cafe behind me this is illustrating what Shrewsbury is all about is a cafe culture um, so that's what we've got behind us and I've missed that so much so I'm happy to be here today you talk about the future Let's talk about the past. Let's talk about 2013, when you guys first started doing this signal. I know you guys are are kind of new to the business, but Joe, what challenges were the hardest things to, I mean, you you started doing this thing and you had to tackle what exactly compared to now? (laughs) Oh gosh. So I've been involved with signal for 12 years now. Um, So, Challenges? I'm not even sure at this point anymore. My my memory's not very good, so. Um, <laughs> Was there a lot of prejudice compared to now? So I think the times have changed now. People are a lot more open and beginning to understand the deaf community that little bit more compared to maybe previous times. I think maybe a, a, a while ago or years ago there was a bit of naivety um, about how to approach the deaf community sometimes or just unawareness where we're still we're still battling that unawareness with communication uh, but people are much more open to it now. I mean it's possible that some things never change. Communication will always be an issue. Um, There's such a a big spectrum of how to communicate with different members of the deaf community, with their needs, etc. So whether that will actually ever completely go, we can definitely improve it. Amazing. And when it comes to teaching young people um, sign language, um, is this something you guys excel at? Are you good at doing this? Do you enjoy it? So, I would love for schools to introduce BSL as part of the curriculum. You know, maybe scrap French or German or so, just one of them, <laughs> maybe. Sorry, Swan. Um, <laughs> sorry. I'm German, I should say. But I mean, how often is it that you'll go to a different country, such as France, Germany, Italy, on holiday, where you, you, you might use some of the language there and they can't speak English back, or they not. English is the predominant language for most countries, not predominant. The, most, yeah, like most, yeah. most, most yeah. countries know a bit of English. Whereas, how many countries could you go to where you'll face a deaf person and be able to communicate? But if you knew some sign language or was taught from school age, you would be able to, regardless of whether they spoke German, Italian, Spanish, French, you would have that communication ability on some scale. And that's why it's so important to introduce it into the curriculum. Yeah. It, it would just make things so much more simple. If you could imagine, go into hospital, you go to the reception, and the receptionist could automatically, not so, I'm not saying they need to be you know, fluent in BSL, but some kind of gestural work, or just, hello, how can I help? Or uh, date of birth, or if you go to a shop and you've got a bit of a problem, they can say, what's the matter, what are you looking for? Just those little, little bits, just like how most people can ask in Spanish, can I have a beer, please? Uno cerveza, por favor. Priorities. Exactly, my point proven. But if you could do that in sign language, it would make such a difference. I suppose um, 
sort of as a as a mum of young children, I can say is that there is a bit of emphasis on this now, which is fantastic. There's so many courses for little toddlers. And Mr. Tumble. Uh. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Look at CDBs. You know, yeah. there there's always some sign language work, which is a brilliant thing. I know I know toddlers who can sign a little bit before they can talk, which is fantastic. Which shows it is natural to us, isn't it? And um, yeah, agreed. And if you go to our um, if you follow us on Facebook, um, Joe and our colleague Anna, they do um, quite a lot of good videos and sometimes you get like little snippets of, of ESL that you could use. So it could be the alphabet, or it could be things like, can I have a beer please? Or it might even be things that are um, common across sort of a lot of languages. So just have a nosy, even if you learn one or two things, they're great. And that's what I was going to say is, I am guilty of this, okay? I've never learned any BSL. I'm, 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 I feel terrible for saying that, but I should. So if I was going to, how would I do approach you guys? Um, so there's the, the videos on Facebook, but is there, is there, are the courses that I can uh, join with Signal that you offer? Yeah, no, you can look on the website um, and you can, well, just going back to what you were talking about communication, my granddaughter, uh, when she was 18 months old, she could sign 10, 10 signs. She could sign milk, daddy, mummy, lots of different, she was 18 months old and she could sign. So it just goes to show. Amazing, yeah. Well, the young minds are like sponges, aren't they? Whereas me, I've probably struggled now, but I feel like I should definitely try and learn. Um, so I go on the website, and you guys got other things you can offer there, yeah? Exactly. If you go to our services, you can sort of dip in and out whatever you need, and BSL courses are one of them as well. Um, we also have a little thing planned for later in, in, um, in the winter, which is, um, it'll probably call something like a Sinophon. So um, it's not confirmed yet, but the idea is that we'll have a lot of volunteers and staff going to schools, teach them a Christmas song in BSL, the nice. sign language, and they can sign it as part of their carol concert. We'll do a bit of a fundraiser like that. So it's just a fun way to get into it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, nice. I really like that. Uh, speaking of concerts and things like this, uh, that's, that's really cool. We'd lo I'd love to come to the, get involved with that because uh, I think it's great. But when it comes to media, TV, movies, music, do you feel like enough is done to help people um, are hard of hearing? No. No? <laughs> Straight up, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> because I only see late at night or early in the morning there's somebody signing. Um, there should be channels, services, red button thing you can press or something that you can help, yeah? At the moment during the day, like for example, the news, there's subtitles, which is fine. Sometimes there may be an InVision interpreter, but some programs, maybe Emmerdale or whatnot, at strange times of the day, um, when it's a, a repeat of the program. But the early hours of, of, of the morning, I mean, it feels like, what's the point? Do, do, do they think all deaf people are awake at night and asleep <laughs> in the day? I mean, the subtitles, the voiceovers and the interpreters, when are they, I mean, not everyone understands, or not everyone relies on subtitles, not everyone can understand an interpreter. It's nice to have the opportunity to have both options there all the time. And subtitles are useless, there's such a delay. Yeah, we've had we've had some fun in games. I think with um, the early Zoom subtitles and using different platform subtitles. Um, I can't re I can't remember what I said the other day, but it came up on the subtitles as I'm going to murder someone. Um, <laughs> you know, so we've had some real fun in games when we've turned on captions and live captioning, uh, actually having that accurate and correct, so we can support people, which is obviously, as you can imagine, uh, quite frustrating. It's crazy because uh, services like Facebook, Zoom. 
I don't know if they use an automated system on the BBC. It's a huge responsibility to make sure what is being said is translated properly because you could be giving the wrong messages or mm. being, uh, you know, offensive. <laughs> and that's the sort of talking about entertainment. We, if we go look at really important messages, you know, that can be sort of detrimental to your life or life and death threatening. I mean, we're in COVID at the moment. There's so many messages coming out at the moment, which are so important, important like, yeah. Yeah. you're 25 now, you can get vaccinated. So, um, sorry, sorry to interrupt, no, just, fine, just on that note, just talking about programmes, obviously with the pandemic and the biggest issues in the world at the moment, or for us anyway, Boris Johnson's announcements, what's happening with COVID, the updates, where is the interpreter? Scotland have a live interpreter, Wales have a live interpreter, Ireland have a live interpreter, where is England's live interpreter? There's a campaign, a massive one at the moment, literally called Where is the Interpreter? But Boris Johnson is making these vital announcements, which is crucial for everyone to know, including the deaf community, but where is the interpreter? They shouldn't have to flip to a different programme. They shouldn't have to wait till an hour and a half later. There should be a live interpreter, and there isn't one. And you can't rely on subtitles. Yeah. Very valid point. Very. Boris sort out an interpreter. God, it can't be <laughs> hard. Jeez. I mean, most people. I mean, I watch a lot of Boris's stuff on Facebook. Do you know what I mean? And like we were saying, the subtitles can't be trusted on anything. <laughs> They're just awful. So an interpreter is in integral to getting the message across. And Probably, so. I know Boris listens. Um, <laughs> so he listen to me, Boris getting into it. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't really. He doesn't really. <laughs> um, so you're about to start this campaign with Signal. You're about to go to businesses. You're, you're going to go and hand out posters and things like that. Have you got a plan or are you just going to canvas the town? Is there any like, um, events you're going to do? Or? I, think, I think there's a lot of elements of canvassing. And I, I, I mean, I think the overall message is just increasing understanding and, and people being more um, open and receptive to people with, with different needs or um, who need something from them. Because, you know, it's, it can be very uncomfortable to, to have to step outside of, you know, what you're used to. Um, but the thing is, it's important for you within yourself to challenge that, to go, OK, let's use this discomfort to create more inclusion. Let's use this energy here um, and actually create a difference and create a change. Um, that's that's a, a, you know, really big thing. So, yeah, um, I, I don't know if someone you want to say a bit more on the, on the campaign, but it really is, you know, a, a big thing to raise awareness. Yeah, I mean, we're quite aware, obviously, that there are a lot of challenges for a lot of businesses at the moment. So... We're quite keen to make it easy for people as well. Yeah. Um, as well, these visual aids are great. Exactly. The yeah. and the so we're obviously fully aware that um, people who are deaf and hearing loss and tinnitus are not the only thing on people's mind at the moment. So even if you can make like the smallest change, if you have like five minutes to read through a leaflet, even that would help. And um, I think think though we always counted ourselves as a as a small charity with a big impact. So if you have a look at um, at sort of the size of the organisation, we're nine staff and um, the thousands of people that we support and whose lives we change directly is huge really and we're quite I think it's fair to say we're all quite proud of that really. Yeah. So um, I'm proud of you guys. Oh bless thank you. <laughs> you do a great job. You do a great job. Um, say someone's listening to this podcast now. How can they help you? Is there any way that a listener that's uh, you know thinking, oh we'd really like to go and help signal how Absolutely. So there's loads of different ways you can get involved. So um, you can um, obviously donate to our cause, like any charity, you know, we're reliant on funding, so that would be brilliant. Just go to our website, signal.org.uk, have a look. Um, you can um, do a nice fundraiser for us, we've got loads of events going on, so whether you want to run the uh, Shrewsbury 10k or the London Half Marathon, you can do that. You can do your own fundraiser, you can do anything you want, you can 
do coffee morning, you can upside from the column if you want. I'm not sure if you can do that, but uh, <laughs> if anyone wants, that's fine. Or uh, you can volunteer. Easy now, easy now. Come down, right? Oh, well, obviously, you can volunteer for us as well. So, again, go to our website, and there's lots of ways to get involved. So, you can get involved directly in the delivery of our services and projects. So, you can involve with our tinnitus services or with our deaf social groups or, um, or with hearing loss support. Or, you can help us behind the scenes. You can help with our social media. You can become a photographer for us. You can become a trustee for us. So, there's really something for everyone. And I should say, if you, if you have lived experience of being deaf, you have hearing loss or tinnitus, that's great. But you don't have to. If you just want to help us out and you know learn more about this and just help in whatever capacity, that's fine. If you have two hours, great. If you have like a day a week, that's great as well. Just give us a shout. I mean, just, just on that note as well, so for instance, our support group volunteers, it's a commitment of about three hours a month. Um, you know, it's quite a small commitment. We provide full training and ongoing development um, for pretty much all of our services as well. If you if you want to get involved, um, and yeah, we you know it does make a huge huge difference to the to what we're able to provide. Um, so going back to face to face for tinnitus, we're looking to provide support groups in Oswestry, Shrewsbury, and Telford. So we have some good outreach in the county, um, and those volunteer positions really help us um, to enable that support. So um, if you've got three hours spare. You know, get in Absolutely. touch. And do you need to know how to sign to be helpful? No. No? If you have no experience, you know, we'll teach you everything. That's absolutely fine. And um, I mean, whether you want to work from home or you want, like, that social, crave that social engagement again, again, there's a variety of volunteer roles for everyone there, really. But um, I mean, we were talking about earlier, don't be worried that if you don't know anything about communication with deaf people, that, don't worry about that. I was in that situation like what, five months ago myself, really, and it's it's really easy. But we are such a sort of I would like to think welcoming organisation as well. Just ask us, you know, how do I do this? How do I communicate with everyone? Well, if you just have a question, you know, just just drop us an drop us an email. We we're there for everyone, for everyone, really. Yeah. Amazing, and they're easy to find as well. I did my research this morning. Uh, the Signal Charity. Just put it on Google, and it'll come up. Um, just remember guys I mean listening to what we've just you know been speaking about you're talking about people's lives here you talk about liberating people uh, you, you gotta there are people that may become deaf older in, in life and struggle they panic I don't know sign language I'm losing my hearing what do I do uh, these are people that you're helping and if you've got a few hours spare a month a week whatever, exactly, yeah. and um, about one one in five people in Shropshire will experience hearing loss at some point in their life so help up now we'll benefit from it later yeah oh, absolutely um, well you guys are amazing thank you so much Joe and thank you Abby for interpreting today <laughs> no problem I'd just like to add I am one of these people doing the 10k for signal I cannot run I have to run up a hill if I'm doing it anyone else can so <laughs> Um, I keep saying I'm going to do the 10k every year. Oh, well, Elle will sign you up here then. No, 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 no. Fabulous, I'll take that. <laughs> Maybe next year. Um, the goal is to lose, I mean, I say this every year, but I, the goal is to lose a bit of weight and to get healthier. So one day I'll be like, I am doing the 10k. This is where people are going to give me lots of money for charity because they'll realise that it's such a big <laughs> achievement for me to actually be there. Um, so you can count you in for next year then? Yes. Yeah, fabulous. So, um, sorry, Joe speaking now, not the interpreter. Just one more thing to add. If you meet a deaf person, please, please, just don't panic or don't freeze. 
the hearing person, if you're that person, just be normal, talk normal. Yeah. Use your facial expressions, we all know how to do them. Use your voice. And if they don't understand, just change the words. Try not to repeat the same phrase constantly. If it's not working, change it. But everything will be fine. We don't bite. The deaf community don't bite. We're just normal people. We as deaf people want to be treated just like everyone else is. And we'll work with you just as much as you can work with us. And this is what I learned from a big shout out to the Audio Drama Hub who I work with as a voice actor and on the radio I work a lot with these people um, and I asked for advice I'm speaking to a deaf person and an interpreter today um, how do I do this without you know doing it properly you know uh, and a lot of the advice I got given was um, don't patronize someone don't, don't, don't speak in a different tone of voice you know don't don't speak loudly you know these sort of things so huge shout out to those guys thank you for that advice and I've really enjoyed today it's been really nice Thank oh, you. Thank you for having us. <laughs> yeah, it's been amazing. Um, I would like to tell you guys, uh, the listeners, before we get out of here, of something I'm going to be doing in September. Um, I'm going to be doing a 24-hour live podcast for charity. We're going to be raising money for Lingen Davis. On at 9 a.m. on the 29th of September, I'm going to go live, and I'm not going to stop until 9 a.m. on the 30th, which is International Podcast Day. Um, it's going to be 12 hours of the Shrewsbury Biscuit and 12 hours of you suck us uk the other network i work on um and we're like i said we're raising this uh, doing this to raise money for charity we are selling hour-long sponsors um if you want an hour sponsored by your company get in touch um we're selling them for a minimum of 50 pound an hour and that money goes all the money goes straight to lincoln davis um so if you want to get involved go to our website which is the shrewsbury biscuit podcast.co.uk Again, you guys have been amazing. Where can people find you? Social media, websites, things like that. Yeah, we've got Twitter, we've got Facebook. Um, you can visit our website at signal.org.uk um, and you can email us as well. I, th- I believe it's info at signal.org.uk. Um, I'm looking to care. Am, am I right? Yeah, yes. fabulous. Yeah. Amazing. Joe, have you got any closing comments? No, just thank you very much for your time and having us. Amazing. You guys have been awesome. Thank you very much. And we'll catch you guys next time. Peace out.